ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Crypto 101 podcast. And man, do we have a special one in store for all of you today? Oh, because yes. the crypto market is on a tear, right, Bryce? Yeah, it's been incredible. Um, and here I'm fighting off a cold, uh, but it seems like we've successfully fought off a lot of bears in the market as well. Um, and it, you know, the bulls have really, really shown quite a lot of strength. Um, you know, to start November, closed out October, huge Bitcoin was up 28%, which was like maybe its biggest month uh, on record since January, I believe. Mm. And so a, a lot of strength finally returning. And, you know, a lot of people are asking me, they say, Bryce, is this just another bear market rally? Are we selling the rips? Or is this kind of the start of a, of a new bull market, maybe uh, leading into the having? And is this kind of a buy the dip season? So there's definitely been a lot of good stuff kind of kind of going on in the market, all of which we will be breaking down today in a, kind of a little special edition market update podcast. Uh, what we're, what we're going to call the Crypto 101 State of the Union here. Um, so yeah, I'm feeling good. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's funny that there's still people out there trying to say that we're in a bear market. It's hard yeah. to say that we're still in a bear market when we've had four quarters over a year of consistent positive growth when it comes to like the major cryptocurrencies. So you look at Bitcoin, for example. It's up over it's 100% on, this year. Yeah. I mean, not only is it up phenomenally, but it has been consistently forming higher swing lows and higher swing highs for almost a year now, if not even a little bit more than a year. So like, I don't know where the bears are getting this idea of like, the bear market's not over yet. If we were in the traditional markets and we saw four quarters of consecutive green growth, there'd be no doubt that we are in a bull market. But because it's Something. crypto, I think that the bears yeah. are a little bit more extreme in their approach. Just calling it maybe a, a, a dead cat bounce, right? Where it's up 100%, <laughs> but they say, hey, who's not to say that there's uh, there could be more downside? And... Um, you know, I, I think with Bitcoin really leading the charge, you kind of have like the flight to quality first. Um, this happens every kind of cycle, right? There's uh, a period where there's that, you know, really strong blow off top and momentum and followed by, you know, a year or two of uh, consolidation and bear market. And then after that whole market reset, you know, another bull market eventually always comes and, and it starts with Bitcoin. It starts with a market leader, kind of the entire participation of the market needs to get belief and, and strength and conviction back in the top crypto first or the top asset in any market first before it could go and speculate on you know uh, coin XYZ or ABC right um, that's this an altcoin um, they first need to believe that the market's going to be there tomorrow which for a long while they didn't even think the market was going to be there tomorrow right when FTX was collapsing and Voyager and BlockFi and Celsius and Luna, it was it was an existential sort of uh, crisis for the industry, and now that we're coming out of that, um, people have now bid uh, Bitcoin all the way back up to uh, double what it was at the lows. But Ethereum has lagged, right? Ethereum's only up about fifty percent off the lows, and so you could see that if you take a look at like an ETH BTC chart, you know your Ethereum has lost a ton of value this year relative to Bitcoin. So if you're only holding Ethereum or you know altcoins and stuff, you largely were still in a bear market, right? You did not participate in this entire recovery of the market if you did not hold any Bitcoin. Which I know there's a lot of altcoin traders out there that you know only wanted to hold altcoins or stablecoins, um, and they kind of take an approach like that. Well, 
stable coins are flat. Altcoins are pretty flat. Um, but Bitcoin was up. And now, obviously, since October started, and here we are halfway through November, we've seen about you know, five or six weeks of incredible rotation out of Bitcoin and uh, really into altcoins, which seems to come at a, a pretty key point in the charts as well, where Ethereum found you know, support at what was formerly the support back in, I think it was July or uh, June of 2022 during that collapse. Um, so we're, we're finally starting to see a rotation back to uh, Ethereum, back to altcoins. And now everybody who kind of maybe loaded the boat up, up on Bitcoin, they might be the late buyers um, thinking, oh, well, Bitcoin's been up and altcoins haven't been doing anything. So they maybe ditched their altcoins and they're loading the boat back on Bitcoin. That's the exact time when you should just stay mm-hmm. in altcoins um, and you know, don't go ahead and chase the pump. But find some of these coins that have been dumping, that haven't really found their... Uh, you know, found a breath of life yet, and, and kind of you know now's the time to kind of start speculating on some of those those lottery ticket kind of kind of small cap coins. I think again, not financial advice, just how I'm seeing the market unfold. But uh, there's there's a lot of opportunity. Some of these coins going up, you know, single, double, triple, um, you know, multiples here, right? I mean, we're seeing things go up, you know, three, four times in value, and it's just getting started. Um, obviously. Uh, the Bitcoin ETF that's potentially kind of uh, coming down the pipeline is going to be a really big market catalyst. Do um, you see? Obviously, the Ethereum ETF came out. Uh, the Spot Ethereum ETF application, I should say, came out. People are starting to speculate on that. But there was also another fake news alert that there was a <laughs> Ripple XRP ETF proposed. You see? You guys see that? I did see this and <laughs> I was hilarious. tweeting about it today. I mean, how funny is that? That the XRP maxis, uh, I'm going to make some of them mad by saying this, but it's just so funny that they would go that far to fake an XRP ETF application. <laughs> like, if any group is going to do it, it's the XRP fanatics, the XRP army. Um, yeah, no. So, so that, that clearly is not happening. Um, but what else is going on? What, what else is worth talking about? Obviously, uh, markets are doing well. What, what's kind of driving price and what's what's worth talking about in your opinion? Yeah, you know, I, I think going back to Ethereum, I have this idea as to why it was lagging behind for a while. And we're starting to see the the dynamic shift in that. But for a while, people were looking at Bitcoin and saying, hey, Bitcoin's really large in market cap, which makes it harder to move in comparison to many altcoins out there. But guess what? It has not only Every major financial player wanting to get into it through um, ETFs and creating their own exchanges and all of that, but it also has the having right around the corner, not too long after that. So you know, yeah, it's big, yeah, it's harder April to move. Twenty twenty four, exactly. And so people looked at Bitcoin and said harder to move, but it has a lot of fundamental news coming out at the beginning, the first half of twenty twenty four. We look at all coins, and we don't quite have the same level of fundamental news, but. We have more volatility. They have a smaller market cap. They're going to be more volatile. You know, maybe Bitcoin moves 5%, 10%. We can see some of these altcoins move 20, 30, 40, 50%, which is which is exactly what we've seen in recent weeks and in recent months. Ethereum, however, was kind of in this medium where it's the second largest cryptocurrency by market cap, which makes it a little bit less volatile than the traditional altcoins that we all know and love. And it also didn't have the fundamental news. So it was a larger cryptocurrency that didn't have the same kind of news as Bitcoin. But that com- that whole dynamic shifted when we saw BlackRock file for that Ethereum ETF. And right. I think that shocked a lot of people, right? Because 
the general idea, at least from my point of view, is that BlackRock and a lot of these players, they wanted to test the waters with the Bitcoin ETF first, see how how it was received, see how it worked from a functional standpoint, see like how well the product actually fit into their business model. And then, you know, maybe they tested the waters for six to 12 months after it was launched and approved and all of that. And then they could kind of gauge interest and say, okay, do we now want to move in the altcoins? But what we saw was that wasn't the case. What we saw was before the the Bitcoin ETF was even accepted, they are saying that we want this so bad. We want to already get ahead of the game on um, Ethereum. And I mean, who knows what's next or if something's next. But for them to jump the gun before a Bitcoin ETF approval has even happened is telling of where they stand on crypto as a whole. And I think that that's a really important thing to think about. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to pull up a quick screen share. So, you know, we were talking about this support line in Ethereum relative to Bitcoin. Um, You know, seeing if Ethereum clearly been tanking relative to Bitcoin since uh, pretty much September of 2022 has not found new highs. But you can see it's uh, coming down into some key support uh, that we found in the summer of 2021. Again, support that we found in the summer of 2022. Um, and it sh- it's showing to be support here in the fall of 2023. And, you know, as Brendan was talking about the Ethereum ETF that is now being proposed, you could see in the chart where this proposal sort of uh, was publicized. It was right here. Big volume day, big price action day. And if we kind of zoom in, um, get rid of some of those drawings, we zoom in, you could very clearly see the market shifting uh, to a period of immense Bitcoin strength, or sorry, uh, Ethereum strength relative to Bitcoin. So this is a, a period of altcoin strength and a very key catalyst to, can, to kind of start this reversal, um, which looks to be uh, you know, a very pivotal, pivotal time here in the crypto market, taking in a lot of good volume. So uh, yeah, you could see you know, the, the price uh, you know, has everything in it, right? Where you have all the excitement of the BlackRock filing, um, and it it literally uh, you know comes in right at the right right at the right time and right at the right price uh, at a very key key low. So interesting to see there. Um, Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy eighty percent lean ground beef for three forty nine a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for seventy seven cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Just as a producer's note, if you want to see that chart, make sure you tune into our YouTube and watch Bryce break down that beautiful chart. Oh, yeah. I forgot. There's still people that aren't even uh, watching us on YouTube yet. and They're not getting any of our visuals. That's obscene. What are they doing? You got to check out the YouTube, get the full video, check us out over there. You know what? Just for those people, I'm going to make a bunch more charts right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to throw up a bunch more charts. Uh, Brendan, what's your favorite chart of the the season right now? You know, I got to say, I've been loving Maple Finance. I think that chart has just been incredible lately. I mean, me and you have both been fans about it. We've talked about it. Obviously, we're not sponsored or anything by them, but it's just been a really interesting one to to see play out here recently. But I think the other two ones that have caught my attention, Bryce, 
are the total two chart, which is the chart for the entire altcoin market, um, or essentially the market cap of all coins, excluding Bitcoin. And then also just looking at Bitcoin dominance. I think that that has been a fascinating one to, to look at. Because what we see is we have these periods where Bitcoin dominance will move up pretty drastically. And Bryce will hit me with a, a good screen share of these as we're talking in the background. Um, but we see these this nice flow over the course of the last year or so where Bitcoin dominance moves up significantly. And then it retraces of around 4 to 6% back to that 50-day, you know, sometimes even below that moving average. And... These are the periods where, again, Bitcoin leads the market like we talked about earlier. But when it pulls back and retraces here, oftentimes price isn't even falling that much. It's just Bitcoin consolidating or maybe it does fall a couple percentage points, but it's not like Bitcoin is crashing. Now, when Bitcoin dominance retraces, that means that it is being outperformed by the altcoin market. And it does this because it gives the altcoin market a chance to run and catch up. Again, Bitcoin leads the market first. It moves to the upside. And then as Bitcoin dominance consolidate and even falls and retraces a little bit, the altcoin market in its volatile fashion gets to play a quick game of catch up. And so over the last 12 months or so, we've seen a very consistent cycle where Bitcoin dominance moves up. It retraces a couple percentage points. It gathers itself and then it rallies and then it does the same pattern rinse and repeat. And even when we're doing this at the time of, of making this podcast, you know, there's a lot of, uh, of scared, uh, I guess, ideas out there of like, oh, my goodness, is this run over? I mean, look at Bitcoin dominance. It's already pulled back four or five percent. When in reality, that's really not that crazy to what we've seen over the course of the last like 12 months or so. And so yeah. looking at both of those is really interesting. But even on the side of the total two, like Bryce has, has up right now, total two is reaching a really important point on its chart because you can see that it's coming to the top of its like multi-year resistance. And so I think the big question here is what's going to happen once this breaks? And also, if this is able to break, that has to be so telling of where the bulls are at. If they're able to break this point that has consistently been the top of where the altcoin market has not been able to break for years now, the bulls have to be so strong in order to break that point in the first place. And then I think afterwards, we're going to see when this does break, because I think it's a when, not an if. When this does break, the altcoin market is going to have what looks to be just a phenomenal rally to the upside. And so I think that's one of the most exciting things for me is, you know, maybe we don't break this time. Maybe we come up, we test the waters, maybe we retrace a little bit. But when this does break, we are going to see a really strong rally. It's going to make everything that we, we've we done so far in the past couple of months look like a pipsqueak rally in comparison <laughs> to what could be coming altcoins way. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of showing you guys uh, in, in the the former times that we've uh, kind of been at this market cap, uh, where currently the market cap of total two, right around $636 billion. There's really sharp movements uh, from here, basically all the way back up uh, to over a trillion to, to $1.2 trillion. But there's very little trading activity and volume and history that kind of happens between around $600 billion in volume or in uh, total market value and a trillion. So there's like there's a pocket of air where the market moves very quickly between a 60 or 600 billion dollar market cap and a trillion dollar market cap. And you can kind of see it on uh, anybody who's following along with us on video right here. 
um, kind of a little pocket of air, pocket of volume mm-hmm. where there's just no trading activity. And you can see in the past, the market moves very quickly um, between these two levels, between around 600 billion and a trillion. Um, and it moves in a, in a course of uh, between, you know, what is this? April 5th uh, to May. You know, it's about 38 days. Um, that correction was also about 38 days. This sort of move was also about 30. Actually, that was kind of a weird coincidence that all of those were 38 days. <laughs> um, but, but you could kind of see the, uh, the level of movement here in the market is, um, is, is prone to very sharp movements in these levels. And so we, we very well could be in an environment where, you know, kind of if you take a look another 30 to 40 days out, um, the market could tack on quite a bit of uh, market capitalization as historically it has done from this level. Um, you're break- like Brennan kind of mentioned, you're breaking a really key uh, horizontal resistance, which we marked out here for you, where the, uh, the price you know, really hasn't uh, gone above this horizontal uh, resistance. And so you know, if we do sort of break above it, we could be in for a, a pretty strong move. And you kind of saw this bull flag uh, as well, that's you know kind of been in play, uh, that seems to be rotating. So you might be in, a, in for a little bit of a retest on top of this former volume system, but should kind of pinch higher. I think we're going to be in for a really good December and uh, you know January, certainly. Um, and again, all this kind of comes back to the the Bitcoin halving, which is coming up April of 2024, which typically the market bottoms out you know 12 to 15 months before the halving. And uh, peaks out or peaks peaks at you know around twelve to fifteen months after the having, so we're now about six or five months before the having, and uh, we're we're in the sweet spot of the market, sweet spot of golden accumulation. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's a good time to be long and uh, especially long altcoins, which finally feels good to be able to say that. And if I could just jump in here and bring one last chart, um, we talked about this earlier, so. After all that awesome uh, chart work by Bryce and Brendan, I think it's important for me to say something, honestly, as somebody who was a student of what you guys do every day, because I've been here now for one year. So a year or a year plus, but like a year ago, the FTX thing happened. Um, and, you know, this market was totally in the dumps per se. And, and we just kept chugging along, chugging along. And, and you guys consistently did your work week in and week out. And I manage Brendan's trading course. I manage our newsletter. And I saw the work that you guys put in are constantly looking for alpha and, and to deliver value to, to the people that join us um, in our community. And I got to say, over the last three to six months, you guys have just, I mean, your batting average has been unbelievable. And I can't stress that <laughs> enough. Like, it, it, well, you're laughing because it wasn't prompted. This is just me being an honest person of saying, hey, I've learned a lot from working for you guys and with you guys. But um, it actually tends into this last chart that I'm going to bring up because if you're listening to this now, that means you're still early. So the chart that you're seeing here, mm-hmm. uh, the white line is the price of Bitcoin. So you've seen over the uh, since you know 19 to 23, those are the years 2019 to 23. The price of Bitcoin has you know ups and downs, ups and downs, but we're we seem to be heading back up just like we saw in the charts. And all the different colors, so all those colors, if you look at the bottom there, these are different YouTube channels um, that specialize in crypto and, and Bitcoin you know, content. And at the height of yeah. the price action there, you see uh, just all the accumulated views. 
Um, so the, the purple, the blue, the light blue, the yellow, the green, et cetera, all those views are, you know, millions and millions and millions of views for that month. Um, and right now, as the price action has seemed to be going higher, the views are not. And so the average person here, your average retail person that might have been interested in crypto when it was all over the news um, and the price action was crazy and all your friends were talking about it and all your coworkers were talking about it, they're not back yet. And so that's so important to say, I think that if you're here, you're still early to be getting your strategy. You're still early to be planning for this uh, new bull run that we believe that we're in. And, um, and I think it's, it, it's special to be early in something. And so I, I just wanted to show you guys that to see what you think. You know, I'm the content guy. I'm always poking you guys to do content with me. Um, but this is why, because I'm trying to lay our foundation for when these, these views go back to the millions that we're going to be, you know, opening our funnel and getting some, new, yeah. some new fans and some new community members. Preach, brother. All I got to say is preach. No, I, I'm with you, dude. Uh, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, there were millions and millions of daily viewers on YouTube, and now we're we're sub, you know, five hundred thousand, right? In terms of you know overall crypto videos getting you know views, it's just it's peanuts compared to where it used to be. But prices uh, and the momentum is starting to shift, and I think all those viewers are going to be back once we kind of break above that all time high again. Mm-hmm. But you know, getting back to our all-time high is still you know sixty or seventy percent away. So there's still a lot of value that you guys could you know be making by being in now um, and not being part of the masses that don't come in until we break above an all-time high. You know, by by being in now, you like Tivo said. I mean, you're freaking early, um, and there's there's lots of good coins that are out there that are going to be you know multiplying many many times over uh, even relative to Bitcoin. Right. Once once this bull market gets in full swing and, you know, the masses, they're not here yet. Um, And that's what bear markets are all about. They're about building for those masses and for uh, building really kind of the um, the overall you know infrastructure and support layer for that when those masses do eventually come. And, you know, prices indicate that, you know, a lot of people are buying. That's for dang sure. Um, And like TiVo showed you with that YouTube data, you know, very clearly, um, you know, that chart looks like it bottomed out and it's starting to reverse and that more people are starting to come in slowly but surely. Uh, I was going to say that makes me think that we have so much farther to go. Like there's a bunch of factors that fit into that. But looking at that chart, if you want to look for a topping signal, wait till that skyrockets to new highs. Instead of like, I think the top was like 2.5 million for the top YouTuber there. You know, wait till that hits like three, four, five million. Like wait till we see new highs on that. And then we can start talking about a top in the market. Not necessarily right now. And the only experience is always personal, but I go back to when I started here. So I started August, September 1st of last year, basically. And then FTX happens in November. And I'm telling my friends and my family, yeah, I got this new job. It's these guys, they work in crypto. We got a podcast. We do all types of community stuff. And then they're like, oh, that's cool. Don't really know anything about it. But sure enough, when Sam Bankman frieds all over the news and the FTX is going around, all the texts are coming in. Even my own mother was like, hey, are you still going to have a job? Like, isn't the crypto yeah. thing ending? And I was like, I, I, and then I even asked Kev. I was like, I remember Kevin's uh, our, our CEO, my boss. And, uh, and I was just like, hey, like, do I still have a job? Like, is this going to keep going? <laughs> and so, so I'm doing the reverse now. So we had that super exciting last you know month, call it, or three weeks. 
And so I'm starting, hey, you see the crypto markets? Hey, do you see, you know, Bitcoin price? And everybody's like, no, what are you, yeah. what are you talking about? No. So I'm doing that reverse, you know, engineering of that process of like, hey, have you just an average person who might not know until there's something hectic going on and, and nobody is keeping tabs on this at all? People are sleeping on us, man. It's, it's it, you know, kind of bookmark this and uh, play it, you know, six months, a year out. I mean, people are going to be scrambling around to figure out what the hell is going on. And here we were pounding the pavement for, you know, every single day for, for I mean, for me, you know, eight years now at this point, but like, you know, for, for all of us uh, collectively here as an organization, you know, we've pounded the pavement every day throughout the bear market, uh, reminding people that this is just, um, you know, it's just people's perceptions and that right now people's perceptions are, are low of crypto, but that's the best time to be buying crypto because eventually sure. people are going to cycle out of that. And what's new will become old again. And the perception of crypto will be, wow, it's the next big thing. It's new. It's, um, it's hot and stuff. And you'll have owned those things and you'll be selling during that period of frenzy and not scrambling to buy. Um, and, and there's going to be lots of good opportunities. So yeah, everybody who's listening now, I think patience is, is the name of the game and um, let the market do the work for you. Well said. So I, I have something. So actually, it's really, uh, I'm looking at the TV. It's, it's today oriented. So the CPI came out today and CPI was um, inflation. For those who don't know what CPI is, is a little uh, softer, lower than expected. And the, the stock market absolutely ripped today. I mean, it was the second 2% day of the S&P for the year. The Russell 2000 was up uh, five. I think it ended up above 5%. Um, just an absolute rip for that um, index. And I've, I've been kind of keeping tabs. I know I've texted you about this, Bryce, on the side. It's just like, and, and I've talked about it before with Kevin and Brendan, is, is the divergence between uh, the stock market and crypto. So for, I think, the especially in the height of the last bull run, the stock market was in a bull run as well, is Bitcoin and technology were basically paired together. Um, and I'm sure right. all coins, there's a little bit of a difference there. But for the most part, it paired together. And then all of a sudden, I feel like in the last couple months, there's been this divergence where the stock market, the S&P, NASDAQ have been trending kind of in a downward phase and Bitcoin is getting this momentum. And I'm wondering what, what you guys think about that, especially with the BlackRock news seemingly looming and Larry Fink calling it a flight to quality. There's some storylines outside of technicals that I think are lining up in a very interesting way for not only crypto, but specifically Bitcoin. Yeah, I think we're seeing the early stages of crypto fully becoming its own asset class. And over the years and through all these cycles, we have seen this, this like teeter-totter, right? This, this balance beam almost of crypto being associated with traditionals, and then it's not, and then it is, and then it's not. What we're seeing now is a complete depairment from the traditional space, meaning that you know it doesn't matter if it goes up, down, sideways. Crypto has really started to do its own thing. And even inside of that, we're seeing Bitcoin do its own thing. And then we're seeing the altcoin market almost do its own thing. And so one altcoin can go up one day while Bitcoin is falling, and then Ethereum can go up and one altcoin can go down. And all of crypto is really starting to mature into its own ecosystem. And I think a big contributing factor to that happening is all of traditional finance recognizing crypto as something that is here to stay. And the big, I guess, method of them kind of doing that and proving that through their actions is these ETFs that are happening and through them all wanting to have trading access and creating their own exchanges. And they are essentially recognizing crypto as a long-term financial player. And that kind of solidifies it as is 
as its own industry and ecosystem. And so, you know, I think it's it's something that'll most likely just continue to be the case moving forward. Love it. Good thoughts, guys. Um, what else? What do you else? I mean, I'm, I've been seeing a lot of people, uh, you know, I was in New York at Wall Street, um, here at the New York Stock Exchange on Wall Street, and there was a big conference that was hosted by our partners at the Thai. Um, it was called The Bridge. And I mean, there were folks from like every big bank, Fidelity and you know, Bank yeah. New York Mellon, uh, Citibank, um, you know, all, all these, you know, heavy hitters, uh, Vanguard, um, Goldman was there. Uh, so it, it, it was impressive. It was very cool to be able to, you know, sit in on, on talks and meet these folks and hear their takes. But you know, my, my big takeaway was, A, everybody has like a head of crypto now. Everybody has a head of blockchain or like a head of digital asset infrastructure, whatever it is. Um, so, so that was really cool to see. Um, and also, you know, the second thing was they're all talking about, you know, tokenization and they're having these conversations about like, you know, permissionless finance and DeFi and open fi and, you know, all these things that we talk about here. And they, they say, you know, like, how do we leverage these or how do we bring them to make these, um, you know, appropriate or usable for, for our customers and our clients? And everybody's grappling with these questions. It's, it's uh, you know, they're, they're not really fighting the current there. They're opening up sandboxes internally for, for experimentation and stuff like that. So that's just, you know, winning over the, the hearts and really the minds and the psychology of these individuals who make up these large organizations. Because you could, you know, a lot of these individuals that make up the organizations might think, well, man, like all this DeFi stuff's really cool. Like, you know, it, it's really useful for people all over the world for the global citizenry. But maybe it's not like super usable for a Morgan Stanley to, you know, use these sort of non-qualified custodians or you know, trust these smart contracts. But I think even the individuals will realize, you know, this is this is a movement that's going to be really hard to stop. Having just in the same way that you know, having an open you know, email system or, you know, an open social networking system that you know, anybody could find anybody and you know, anybody could kind of tap into anybody as a resource, right? Um, you know, I think in, with DeFi, people will realize like, you know, having global shared liquidity and having smart contracts, it's going to save so many of these banks just, you know, the, some of the estimations that they were saying that, you know, seven to eight figures a year in cost savings for, mm -hmm. for some of these big banks as they no longer have to, you know, have you know long settlement times t plus two t plus three settlement times and you know have lots of capital inefficiencies um, that occur with that and um, yeah it's and, and plus all the back office sort of work that that comes along with clearing and settling and you know trade reconciliation and all these things not you know all of that's going to be done now by the blockchain um, and so whether that's ethereum or whether that's Bitcoin or Solana or some new new architecture, um, you know the, the jury's still out, but uh, you know it's happening and it's happening pretty quickly. And uh, you know now 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 really does feel like the time. Um, you know if you're not in, you know you're still early, but you're almost too late. Uh, so it's like that 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 kind of key window there. But yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, any closing it's thoughts, guys? Yeah, you know, I was going to say it's been really cool to see all of these all these traditional players talk about RWAs and tokenization so much. Yeah. And at the same time, we're seeing this new shift of deep of DeFi, right? This new generation of DeFi kind of come to light 
And what you what we're seeing in the background is that all of these new DeFi projects took and learned from that DeFi crash that we had about a year, two years ago. And they're saying, how can we make sure that this doesn't happen again? And how can we improve the entire space? And we're starting to see these new projects and these new protocols come up. And I'm really excited to see kind of how this next generation of DeFi unfolds. I think the third space that has come onto my radar, or rather back onto my radar, because I've been a big fan of it for a while, is the gaming space. And this is something that we've all talked about. Um, But in the bear market, we saw about $3.3 billion come in and capital raised in 2022. And so far in the first three quarters of 2023, we've seen $2.3 billion of capital raised, which means that in the last just under two years, we've seen almost $5.5 billion in capital get raised directly and solely towards crypto gaming. And the bulk of those projects haven't even come to light yet, which means that ideally in 2024, you know, maybe some of them are going to come out a little bit later than that. There's going to be a lot of not only games, but like infrastructure to kind of like lay the scene because you can't have billions of dollars of projects suddenly just appear onto the market without proper infrastructure being there. So I think that there are a couple of signals to kind of look towards on all three of those verticals, but gaming has been another one that's been catching my eye. For me, it would be to build off of your point, Bryce, of all the, you know, vanguards and black rocks and head of cryptos that you saw in New York is, uh, I don't think I understand like the Bitcoin ETF brings more, you know, money into the, the space and all that, but I think an unsung part of this is I don't think we understand how the marketing aspect will be affected by this because these giants create these products of ETFs and they put a lot of money into it and they're trusted. They're trusted by our parents and and the older generation who manage all their money. And they, they don't just they need to make presentations and make this thing legitimate because a year ago it was it was all fraud and it was the Matt Damon commercial. Matt Damon's getting sued. Tom Brady's getting sued. Larry <laughs> David's getting sued. And so you're going to have this new spin zone of marketing from BlackRock, from Vanguard, the trusted financiers of our country for the last 100 yeah. years. And I'm fascinated to see what that looks like, sounds like. And I think that's going to kick up those YouTube views that we saw were so down is this new age marketing from these trusted financial um, um, uh, you know, big, big wigs of our, of our country. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, dude. I mean, this is, this is, it's an incredible observation. It's definitely worth, worth bringing up because you have all of wall street who now has a, has a job to do, which is sell these Bitcoin ETFs. Right. And the marketing muscle that wall street throws behind any new innovative product. I mean, when the NASDAQ first started and they were selling tech stocks, right, it went to the moon. Or when the gold ETF first came out in 2003, right after that came up or came out, you know, gold went up, you know, hundreds, uh, you know, hundreds of percentage points higher. And so, you know, a lot of this has to do with, um, you know, like, you know, like TiVo kind of referenced was not only just the money that's coming in because, you know, people can now put their 401ks or their IRAs and their pension funds and stuff into, into this new ETF, but now you have just the psychological win of you know your parents and your grandparents and, and stuff saying, okay, well now I just saw a commercial for Bitcoin from Vanguard um, or from, from Morgan Stanley. So I guess that means it's safe now. I guess that means they vetted it out and it's good enough for me. And there's a psychological win there. And you actually have these big institutions that are footing the bill of repairing the image of crypto that, you know, 
it kind of collapsed in on itself with all the leverage and all the bad actors and stuff. And it had a horrible image. Like, you know, our parents are texting us if we even have jobs anymore. We don't know what's going on. It's just like the fog of war. But, you know, on the other side, you know, a phoenix rises from the ashes always. But, you know, you, you're going to have like all these huge marketing uh, dollars and spend coming from, you know, S tier sort of uh, firms that built, you know, built America. So it's going to be it's going to be a bull market that, that, you know, Brendan and I are not even ready for. Uh, you know, we've seen a few, but this one might put all of them to to shame with uh, how big the universe of buyers is going to explode into. Is anyone really ever fully prepared? I feel like you you think you're prepared and then the bull market comes into full on effect and you're like, oh man, uh, what if I just got like a little bit more of this and a little bit more of that? Yeah, and then everything I, skyrockets and you're like, oh my God. That was last week when everything was ripping. I was like, dude, Brendan, some of your calls are killing, man. This is awesome. And he's like, I didn't get enough. He's like, this is what I want to buy more of. <laughs> Should have bought more. Should have trusted my own instinct. TiVo's got money coming out of his ears. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a great week. I'm not going to lie. It was a great week. <laughs> yeah, I hope everybody who's listening can come join us for uh, some of our live trading sessions or, uh, you know, we, we do a, just a ton of work behind the scenes. And if you enjoyed this call today, um, we've got a lot more where that comes from. So we'll, we'll link to some of that stuff here in the show notes. Um, make sure that you guys click around and see what you know some of the products and services that we have to offer well beyond the podcast. Of course, the podcast is a ton of fun and we bring that to you guys every week for totally free. Um, we've got a lot more uh, in what we call the universe of Crypt Nation. And so we, uh, we invite you guys to come check it out. So anyhow, with that being said, we'll, uh, we'll wrap things up. Brendan and TiVo, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Hell yeah. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.